You're listening to the Soul Care Podcast. I'm Elaine Hamilton, the founder of the Soul Care House, a group of therapists working in community with a shared perspective about the path towards healing and change. This podcast is about creating a space for real conversations about real life struggles, a place where you can gather insight and support for issues that are relevant to you and the people you love. So sit back, put your feet up, and let's talk. Hi, everyone. I am sitting with Elisa Kimball this morning, who is a therapist on our team, a mom of three, mm-hmm. and an art therapist, which is um, a unique specialty to her on our team. So um, it's really cool the things that she can do and how she adds to the therapeutic process by using art and inviting clients into that. And um, is often that's often really helpful to learn from you about like what to do when we're stuck with clients and you can give these suggestions like I had no idea we could do that (laughs) you're making me sound really good (laughs) well you are really good that's why that's why I wanted to to talk to you so we thought um I was thinking about uh Lisa and I could talk about some parenting things um since we both have kids and then of course um we work with families all the time um and and one of the things I the topic I thought we would approach is this idea of like, how do you raise emotionally healthy kids? Mm -hmm. And so it's pretty huge. It's pretty huge of a topic. So we're just going to give it a stab and um, hopefully offer some helpful tips or just some concepts to just keep in mind as you're parenting. Definitely. Um, Especially younger kids, right? Mm -hmm. But these are, these are principles you can use or implement again at any age, right? Like just the idea of like how, this is part of my job. It's part of my Absolutely. job is to help my kids with their emotions. So mm-hmm. uh, <clears throat> sort of the way that I think of this is that um, in order to raise emotionally healthy kids, um, I need to think of helping them with their emotions as part of my job as a mm-hmm. mom. Definitely. Right? And I think what's hard about that is oftentimes what we're doing as parents is managing our kids' emotions. Yes. Right? Like yes. they're flipping out in Target and right. they're getting in trouble at school or they're difficult at the dinner table, right? Like often what we're doing is trying to manage and keep their emotions in check Mm -hmm. so that they're less of a problem to us and to people around them. Right. Um, And and while there's some value in teaching kids how to manage emotions, right? Like Mm -hmm. adults need to know how to manage emotions. And we learn that as kids. Um, It's not useful or helpful to have adults who like, they're flipping out. You know, we can't be having tantrums mm-hmm. when we're adults, right? So we need right. our parents to teach us when you're flipping out, these are the consequences or these are the things you need to do so that people will want to be yes. around you, yes. right? So that's true. true. It's all very helpful, right? Screaming mm-hmm. because your latte is not exactly right is not super useful. Yeah. So you got to learn that. I think I realized um, how much my own emotions were connected to my kids really early on, like Mm. from the first months when my daughter was born, um, she had a really high need to be held. Yeah. And so anytime I would try to put her down or the bouncy seat or whatever, or, you know, try to take a shower or anything, anytime I put her down, she'd basically scream and not like a little, eh, well, but like, Bloody <laughs> murder, right? Yeah, yeah. Scary screaming where like it's like stabbed her with a knife. Yes, like yeah. distressing. And I remember when there were times when I couldn't calm my daughter and I, I couldn't um 
figure out how to comfort her when my emotions would start to skyrocket and I my anxiety would go up 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 and it was really hard to stay calm Uh when my child was distressed even from you know the first few months yeah and it's funny because I have three kids and my second and third children are so much calmer and I Mm. often wonder if it's a temperament thing or it's just because I learned more how to be a calmer parent right right and so that really rubbed off on my kids because I was able to give them that kind of calm You'd figured some of it out. I had. By that I had. Point. And yeah. especially my third child. Yeah. He's so much more chill. And I just think, yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. There uh-huh. might be some connection right. there. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think that's sort of um, the theme of what we want to talk about today is that um, being in touch and aware with what we're experiencing as mm-hmm. parents has a huge impact on how we're going to parent our kids regarding their own emotions. Most adults, you know, we learned as kids to shut things down. Mm -hmm. And so many of us are still doing that where we're shutting our own emotions down until we get triggered. Mm -hmm. And then it's big and potentially ugly or potentially I got to hide from everyone because I'm feeling too much, I'm flooded. Um, So it's really important to... um, learn how to process our own emotional responses to things Mm -hmm. because we're not going to be able to do that well for our kids if we can't do it well for ourselves so it's a really big job i i couldn't agree more and i feel like that point keeps being driven home more and more throughout like the Mm -hmm. more work i do um in my own life with my kids um and helping to provide that sense of security and calm for them and also as i work with parents with kids um sometimes you know we when we tell our kids calm down calm down right even though I know that's not effective yeah doesn't help it's the least helpful thing to say yeah (laughs) usually you know makes your kid even more angry right still there are times when I find myself saying that to my child and I'm like oh actually what I'm needing in this moment is to calm down. But the message I'm giving my child is you need to calm me down. <laughs> yes. <laughs> because well, I'm good. starting to feel out of control. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Um, that's good. Yeah. So. Yeah. And how often mm-hmm. is that what's going on is that my child's emotions are overwhelming to me. Yes. And now we're actually both overwhelmed. Mm-hmm. And is there a way can I practice getting in a space where... I could actually calm myself down so that I can calm my child down. Yes. And that is really hard work, especially mm-hmm. on bad days, right? When Absolutely. everyone's late and everyone's sick and there's yep. laundry piled up and mm-hmm. we've got no groceries and, you know, mm-hmm. all the things and we're fighting with our spouse or whatever's going on. There's so much intensity yeah. on some days. And so that's really sure. hard work. Obviously, it's something we can't do every time. Right. But, um, yeah, I, um, there's a book that I really love called Scream Free Parenting by Hal mm. Runkle. Mm-hmm. And one of the sayings that he has is, peace begins with pause. Mm. And I really like that because I find that when I'm starting to get really worked up and my emotions are getting high and I'm starting to feel um, out of control, that's when I might be... Um, tempted to say something to my kids that Mm -hmm. isn't very kind Mm -hmm. or raise my voice or um, just really move out of a 
a calmer, more grounded space. Right. But if I'm able to notice what's happening in my own body and take a moment, even even like a few seconds to a minute to catch my breath, you know, go in the other room. Mm-hmm. I remember my kids were younger. I used to <laughs> occasionally take a little longer in the bathroom <laughs> than I really needed just to yeah. have a moment to mm-hmm. um, regroup. It really, really helps. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. I, I often say there's a lot of moments where I got to lock myself in the bathroom yeah. because I'm going to hurt someone <laughs> yes, yes. if I don't do that because yes. I am not in my right mind. Absolutely. Yeah. I can so relate with that. <laughs> yeah. And I think so many moms can. For sure. Right. For or dads. Sure. Or dads. Yeah. We can't leave them out. Right. I remember uh, hearing someone say, if you're... If you're not losing it, if you're not losing your mind with your kids, you're not spending enough time with right, them. It's right, like, right. yeah, that yeah. feels right. Mm-hmm, that mm-hmm. feels right. Absolutely. So it's, it's actually a signal that you're really being present. Yes. If you're losing that okay. It's comforting. Thank you. Really, you're really invested. You're really doing it. Yeah. Right? So true. Oh, so gosh. True. Very hard. So, um, so let's talk about if we can get ourselves to a place of calm, mm-hmm. what are some of the things we want to do with our kids when they're feeling intense emotions? Yeah. Right? Yeah. Um, one of the ways I think of this is, um, what do I need when I'm not doing well? What do mm-hmm. I need? Um, so if, if I were with a friend or with my husband and I'm having a really hard day, I'm really hungry or I'm really tired or I'm not feeling well or I really got hurt by something someone did or said what do I want them to do and the first thing I want is to be heard yes that's so true that's the big thing I'm looking for Mm -hmm. is like will you listen to my story and Mm -hmm. then will you validate my story and what we mean by validating is like will you say that makes sense. Mm-hmm. You're not crazy. Yeah. I would be mad too. I, I don't blame that. you. Yeah, mm-hmm. I understand that. Mm-hmm. Um, what are what are some of the things you do with your own kids? Your kids are younger still. My kids are grown and gone. But mm-hmm. I'm like w- wondering, what are some of the things you do? Or maybe some, maybe even some statements you yeah. use with your kids to validate. Yeah, well, um, my kids are 10, 12, and 14 now. So my daughter just went off to high school. Um, And my youngest is in fifth grade. Um, I have found that a lot of times when my kids are fighting, and specifically at this point, it's often my boys, my younger ones, that are kind of either like loving each other and (laughs) curled up like little hamsters together. So adorable! (laughs) Or, you know, at each other's throats. Right. Um, right. I often kind of repeat to myself a little mantra. connection before correction Mm. and remember that um kind of like what you said um I'm not apt to listen to some what someone has to say about what I should or shouldn't do if I don't feel like they're really listening so um I love a lot of times when when the boys are fighting or you know somebody in my house I say tell me what's making you so mad yeah what's happening that's great what's going on inside and if I can, I also try to get them to identify, you know, where those feelings are in their body. Like if they're feeling mm. hot or is it in their stomach or their fist tight. Yeah. Um, so that they can kind of make that connection that their body is signaling to them what they feel. Right. Mm-hmm. Do you feel, do you find like kids are able to identify 
ease, more easily yes. than, than adults where yes. their feelings are in their body? I think on the whole, kids are more connected to their bodies. Okay, so they can answer that mm-hmm. question. They can say, yep. my stomach is just like... Yes. Yeah. And, and I think kids are more apt to use those sort of descriptors instead of actually using their emotional vocabularies, which yeah. aren't typically as developed as adults. They, when they experience emotions, they tend to experience them more physiologically. Yeah. So mm-hmm. asking them what they're mm-hmm. feeling and, and expecting them to identify an emotion might be more difficult for them mm-hmm. than it is to say where it is I in my body. I feel or, hot. Yeah. I want yeah. to hit something. Yeah. I want to mm-hmm. run around the house. I want to scream. Mm-hmm. I want to punch something. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. How, what do you find, um, like when you're when you're listening and your kid is saying, I'm really mad at my brother, mm-hmm. um, how do you handle that so that it feels like you're not taking w- one child's side mm-hmm. over another? How do you how do you navigate that? I really try to um, help them to take turns. And one thing that I've learned from um, reading a lot of the research around um, emotions is that when we start to get really heated, what's actually happening is our bodies are going into that fight flight mode, Mm -hmm. which I know, you know, we've talked about in the past and it takes a minimum of 20 minutes to calm down and come out of that mode. So what I typically do is try to ensure that each of them feels heard and kind of take turns and then give them a space to calm down before like trying to get them to resolve really quickly in the moment because if they're too upset you know they're just angry and defensive and things come out wrong and Mm -hmm. it it usually doesn't work at all it's completely unproductive yeah but when they can kind of calm their bodies and get back toward their you know frontal cortex kind of their right mind you know they're often able to come back with some I statements and said I felt mad when you pulled that paper out of my hand. Yeah. You know. Yeah. That made me feel upset. I think what you're what you're talking about here really speaks to a mistake that I certainly made, you know, you know, 20 25 years ago when I'm parenting these mm-hmm. little ones is like I was really in a rush to get them to mm-hmm. stop yeah. and then get them to resolve with each other. So true. And so what you end up doing is you end up forcing kids to mm-hmm. do or say things that there's no there's no authenticity to right. that because they're just being told what to yep. do. Yep. And so they're they're trying to make you happy right by saying I'm sorry or giving mm-hmm. back the toy. Mm-hmm. But it's all still brewing in there. Totally. So it's no surprise that it happens again yep. ten minutes later. Yeah. We're in the same pickle because they didn't get heard, they didn't get validated, they didn't get a chance to calm down. Yeah. We're just expecting them, you know. Expecting them to like forgive and yeah. apologize yes. and yes. make nice. I remember um, I've totally done the same thing, and I remember too when I was growing mm. up. Sometimes my mom would ask my sister and I to hug it out. Yes, you know? right, right. <laughs> and like I could. You want me to punch her? I could do that. <laughs> I can understand the impulse, but we're like yeah. holding each other and seething with clenched mm-hmm. teeth, you know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah, and somehow, uh-huh. as parents, we think, like, we're helping our kids totally. resolve and we're helping them do the right thing, yeah. but that it really doesn't accomplish right. much when they haven't been given the opportunity mm-hmm. to calm down. I love what you're saying about 
just giving yourself this note. It's like my kid will need about 20 minutes yeah. to calm down. And so how can I facilitate that yes. for my child and give them the space and allow yeah. them to be mad for 20 minutes if they need to be? Yeah. And um, it's been really cool to see as I've been practicing these things with my kids and helping them to take space. Um, it's been really cool to see my my 12-year-old in particular, you know, frequently gets upset with his younger brother, which is understandable, sure, sure. right? Um, but h- how he's grown in, in learning to say, I need to go, I need to calm down, mm. and he'll walk away oh, now. Awesome. Um, not every time, but a lot of the yeah. time, and he'll let us know that he needs to calm down. Yeah. Rather than, you know. Wow, that's beautiful. So it doesn't always happen, but... It's so good for him to know that he's developing that kind of emotional intelligence to mm-hmm. recognize what he's feeling and what he needs in the moment. Because right. I think that's a really complicated skill even for adults, yes. right? Yeah, because often that's what we're teaching adults is when mm-hmm. you're not doing well. Like when, uh, when you and I work with couples, one of the things we often say is take space from each other. Yes. When things get too Hit intense... Pause. Nothing good is going to happen by pursuing more conversation when both of you are in fight and flight mode, right? right? That's going to go sideways every time. Mm -hmm. So take some space, take a time out. I got to go. I can't talk about this right now. I'll be back in 20 minutes or an Mm -hmm. hour. Or maybe I'm so upset. I need a couple days to really calm myself down and gather my thoughts. And so, so useful if kids are going to be able to learn this when they're young it's going to make them much better partners later Absolutely. in their life. They're just going to have skills that most of us don't have when we get married, right? Absolutely. We, like nobody's teaching us how to uh, regulate our own I emotions, know. right? Why Wouldn't that have been give, great? Why don't they give classes in that? Why don't they? I know. Yeah. So this is our attempt. Yeah. Try to give a little class <laughs> yeah. um, about that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And I, uh, you know, those are some of the things that I, uh, I regret as a mother is not knowing enough about how to help my kids with their mm-hmm. feelings and um, being a better support to them. I wish right. I'd have, I wish I'd have been able to be a better support to them and validated them yeah. more so that they would have. Um, it just would have been easier for them so if true. I had for all of us. Do that for all of us. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. So Lisa, uh, I know that you have learned a lot about um, emotion coaching mm-hmm. um, from the Gottmans um, who are therapists. Um, could you sort of walk us through that? Yeah, what that looks definitely. Like? Um, I think this has been one of the most eye-opening things that I've learned since becoming a parent, so I'm happy to share that with you. And um, John Gottman is a psychologist and a researcher, and he has researched emotional intelligence and what are the things that parents can do to help their kids be more emotionally attuned. And what he learned is that kids who know how to understand and deal with their feelings really are more successful in all areas of life. Mm -hmm. They have healthier relationships, they have less violence, they're less apt to abuse drugs or alcohol. lower rates of suicide they have better jobs even you know yeah um, which makes sense if you can deal with people and know how to manage your own emotional world Mm -hmm. you're going to be more successful in life but the idea of emotion coaching is helping your kids to recognize when they're having an emotion and then to name it 
and then to know how to deal with it and how to problem solve when you're having a big emotion. Mm -hmm. Like, how do you respond to the situation? Great, Mm -hmm. great. And the first step in emotion coaching is something that you've already mentioned, which is for the parent, for each of us, to understand how we deal with our feelings, Mm -hmm. which often I find for my own self and my own, you know, journey of therapy and also for my clients is looking at your family of origin and how you learn to deal with feelings growing up. Yeah. And that's critical. Yeah. Cause that's all going to come out in a marriage. And then again, when you have children, we find that like we're revisiting those things sometimes unconsciously, yes. right? Like all of a sudden I'm mostly, yeah, <laughs> mostly, yeah. yeah I'm reenacting some of those things I'm behaving like uh, I did as a 12 year old or I'm behaving the way I saw my mom or my dad behave Mm -hmm. or all of that so having a handle on what what that looked like looking very honestly about like what did I learn in my family of origin Mm -hmm. about emotions did I learn emotions negative emotions are unacceptable right did I learn that um, you can be angry as long as you're a parent but if you're a kid you can't right right like mm-hmm. did did I learn that everything has to be locked down yeah and we live in silence sure. when there's conflict like what did mm-hmm. I learn toughen and up don't toughen cry up. yes all mm-hmm. that stuff and then another piece that ties into that is the trauma piece like what are we carrying from our family of origins that might be traumatic yeah that might be above and beyond just mm-hmm. the things that were modeled to us but was there abuse was there alcoholism was there um a big was there a betrayal in the family was there um you know there's so many possibilities right. that really leave a heavy mark on us right and that stuff is going to get reignited mm-hmm. in the day-to-day of parenting so yeah. i, I want to make sure that i know what happened what happened to me and what happened to me and what did i learn and how have i coped with that definitely and and a lot of those messages are not overt Mm -mm, right mm -mm. they're just kind of in the ether they're things we absorb in our families um but aren't necessarily directly communicated a lot of those messages and we'll often say you know uh, clients will often say, well, that was just normal. That was just mm-hmm. the way it was, as if normal equals healthy. Right. right? And that's a distinction right. I think we're always trying to make when we're um, in therapy with folks is talking about um, the difference between normal mm-hmm. and healthy. A lot of terrible things are normal. Right. But they're not healthy and they're not productive. Yeah, they're and not okay. And so can we, can we try to separate those things out and identify yeah. the things that were great that came from that and then the things that are actually really holding Mm -hmm. us back like the inability to express or um, the inability to manage expression right like those things are a real handicap when you're in a marriage or when you're in a um, when you're in a parenting relationship it's like we've got to learn how to do that yeah if we want to do it well and um, I find you know for myself and also when I'm working with clients that when people really understand more about their stories and how they grew up and what those messages were in their families about emotions and how they responded to them, it's really empowering. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like connecting the dots. Yes. Like, oh, the picture is emerging. Yes. Now I see why this 
thing that my kid is doing is triggering me yes. so much. Yes. Yeah, it brings up an example to me. Like, I remember when um, my kids were little, I think Katie was maybe three and Josh was one or something, and they were in the hall playing, and then for some reason, Josh started whacking her, and she just sat there and cried. Mm. And I remember saying to her, honey, move away. Just walk away from him if he's going to hit you. <laughs> and she just sat. She was, like, she was like paralyzed and just Aww. sat there, and he's whacking her. Honey, move away. And all of a sudden, and she wouldn't. She just sat there and cried, and then mm. all of a sudden, I felt this rage. And I heard myself scream at her, get away from him. You are not helpless. I was like, wow, why am I screaming Mm -hmm. at a three-year-old who doesn't know how to manage this situation? It became very obvious, exactly what you're saying. It became very obvious. This is about me being a little Mm -hmm. girl who felt helpless and powerless, and the adults would not help me. They would not rescue me right. from someone who overpowered me right. over and over and over. And I'm actually screaming at myself, yeah. right? I'm not screaming at her. I'm screaming at the part of me that was helpless. Yeah. So I'm like, this is really important yeah. for me to understand about myself and to be on the lookout, right? Mm-hmm. Like, that's the kind of stuff that's going to make me a crazy person. Yeah. So I've got to really work on that and figure out when that gets triggered, what am I going to do to protect right. my children from right. my own childhood trauma? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, I'm thinking of a maybe funnier story. Oh, good, because <laughs> that was a titch heavy. Yeah. <laughs> Where, um, I, you know, as I kind of did some of my own work and explored my uh, story, I realized that, um, you know, a lot of times we were discouraged from showing a lot of anger. Mm-hmm. You know, we were supposed to always be respectful and we could disagree. And I think my parents, you know, did well with that, like letting us have a voice and disagreeing, but we really weren't allowed to express much anger. And I have realized as a parent that when my kids get very angry mm-hmm. and, you know, it starts to feel to me out of control and they're yelling at each other, sometimes I start to feel really afraid. Yeah. Afraid that I won't be able to contain them and something mm. bad's going to happen. Mm-hmm. And I remember this one afternoon, this was, you know, a few years ago because my boys were definitely quite a bit younger, but they were just, I don't even know what it was about, but they were just yelling at each other all afternoon, <laughs> just yelling back and forth. Oh, and I started to feel like if this doesn't stop, mm. I am going to go crazy. Like right, I'm going right. to explode. I'm going to do something terrible. Right. You know, and then so I ended up, I went into my middle son's room and I screamed at the top of my lungs as loud as I could, <laughs> stop yelling! <laughs> Like, as loud as I could. Right. Like, full volume. Yeah. And my son just completely froze and, like, didn't move a muscle and stared at me. Yeah. And then he paused for a second. It was silent. And he said, Mom, you just screamed at me to stop yelling. (laughs) (laughs) You're like, so? Yeah, yeah, exactly. So what? Yeah, he's like, that... Uh, he kind no. of started smiling and laughing, and I was. <laughs> awesome. It took me a minute to, you know, yeah. laugh at myself. Right, right. But at first, I tried to defend myself, but then we yeah. started laughing at the ridiculousness yeah. of it. You, you guys know. are behaving so badly. I would be screaming at you. I had totally yeah, lost yeah. control. Totally, you know. Totally. Um, but anyway, yeah. And those are inevitable moments in the life of a parent, sure. right? Like that stuff is going to happen. 
and you know all we're all we're trying to offer is like you know when you have the bandwidth right here's some other things to keep in mind or here's some other things to try definitely Um, but for sure we're going to make endless mistakes Mm -hmm. this is just inevitable as a parent absolutely gosh okay help us out what else how do we do more emotion coaching so the first one is as we said understanding how you deal with feelings the second piece is believing that your child's negative emotions are opportunities for connection and teaching Mm. So that those yeah, hard. those negative emotions actually bring you closer. And I think this one isn't always so intuitive no. for most of us. No. And nor is it what we were taught in most right. cases. Um, but I think the way that I've begun thinking of it now is that emotions are kind of like little signposts. Like they're little flags in the ground Mm -hmm. that point us to where our where our heart lies where our deepest values are you know if we are angry for example it might be a sign that we feel violated or maybe our boundaries have been intruded upon or someone Mm -hmm. is impinging on something that's really important to us Mm -hmm. you know we feel threatened in some way something that we really care about is at stake Mm -hmm. um or if we feel sad, it, it might be a hint of, you know, we don't, something we don't want to lose. There might be loss mm, there and, yeah. and something that's valuable to us might, might feel lost. Mm-hmm. Right. So when our kids are having some negative emotions mm-hmm. to try to see this, this is an opportunity to get to know my child a little bit yes. more. There's something brewing under the surface. This isn't an unreasonable emotion. It's tied to something else. Right. And can I create some space to try to explore that with my kid? Right. Yeah. How do we do do that? Um, That exploring. Well, I think it starts first with what you had mentioned before, which is the third step. Really just listening Hmm. and trying Mm -hmm. to really understand and validate what your child is feeling. So... Um, just giving them empathy and um, trying to really understand their perspective before you know offering any yes. advice or all yeah. those Here's kind how of handle that uh, right yeah. right first helping them to kind of mm. really listening so that they can begin to start to map out their own emotional world mm-hmm. because i think once they understand what's going on mm-hmm. and can name it yeah. then they have a better sense of how to deal with it and yeah. where to go from there. Yeah. You know? So this is something kids who are a little bit older, like your, your kids' mm-hmm. age can do this, right? Mm-hmm. Where they can express what they're feeling. Yes. For younger kids, um, it might be a great idea to refer to an episode we did with Carrie, our child therapist, mm-hmm. a while back about, like, how do you help young kids through play express their emotions? Because Definitely. they can't say, I'm angry or I'm sad. Sometimes they don't, they don't have necessary right, words they don't have the for words. that, but um, she gave some great tips on how to play with kids to help them re, help them figure some of that out and help you figure out what's sure, going on inside sure. of them. But when kids are older, it's it's um, so awesome to be able to sit and sit with mm-hmm. them and have them explain. Here's what happened. Here's how I'm feeling about it. I'm super mad that this kid at school said this really mean thing to me. Yeah. Um, and then you have an opportunity for the listening, for the validating of saying, 
yeah, mm-hmm. if that kid's mean to you, I'm coming to school tomorrow. Right. I'm bringing, I don't know what, but I'm bringing something. <laughs> I'm coming with my big girl pants on, That's and right. I'm going to take care of that kid for you. Yeah. And, you know, even ridiculous things like that can help your kids feel like, oh, mom really heard me. Yeah. This And oftentimes they'll laugh about those kind of things, like, mom, don't yeah, be silly. Right, right, right. But, um, yeah, finding ways finding ways to validate. Do you have some suggestions about maybe statements to make that um, are validating for kids? I mean, even just something like as simple as I can understand how you feel that way or yeah, I've experienced that too. Mm-hmm. I think um, sharing examples from your own life really builds bridges for kids. Nice. Especially if you can think of things that might have happened around the same age. Yeah. You know, um my daughter is taking algebra right now, mm. and you know it's terrible. <laughs> we all know how frustrating it can be sometimes yes. when you're trying to learn it's new not, skills in math. Yeah, and I just shared with her about you know how even though I was a really good student in general, ninth grade algebra was super hard for me, mm. and I I tanked for a while. Yeah, I had to get tutoring. Oh. It was so frustrating. It was so hard. Yeah. You know, and I understand that. Yeah. And I felt defeated, mm-hmm. you know. And you want to make sure that when you're doing that, when you're sharing examples, it isn't hooked to like a, here's what you should do about right. that kind of thing, right. right? That it's really just like, I'm relating mm-hmm. to what you're feeling. And here's Definitely. a little story about how I, I've been in the boat that yeah. you're in. Um, yeah. And, but making sure that you're leaving out, like, here's how I handled that. Right. right. Unless they right. Unless they ask or unless later right. there's time for that. Mm-hmm. Um, but making sure that that's really just about validating and saying, yeah. I see what you're talking about. Mm-hmm. It makes sense to me. Yeah. And I've been there too. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It's great. Um, so that brings me to the, the fourth step, which is labeling your child's emotions. Mm-hmm. We've talked a little bit about that, but, um, just from a psychological standpoint, having a name for something really helps you organize it and make sense of it yeah. internally. So in terms of doing that kind of mapping, as we talked about, the inner emotional world, having an emotional vocabulary that has some breadth, some nuance is really helpful, mm-hmm. you know, for a kid to be able to say as they get older, yeah. right? Um, you know, I was annoyed, I was irritated, I was frustrated versus I was mad or enraged. And being able to kind of parse out the difference between those really helps them to begin to see like what level they were at, Mm -hmm. how intense their feeling was, and what was it? Yeah. You know? Yeah. I think there are some tools probably available online. I haven't looked recently, sure. but like those faces with the emojis. Feelings. Yeah. I mean, they oh, emojis, a lot of emojis of course. now. Yeah. Yeah. Right? So there's maybe could could have one of those like taped to your fridge or something that your yes. kid could look at and go, which one of these we describes? Have that now. Do you? <laughs> yes. Awesome. Yes. Which one of these faces represents mm-hmm. how you're feeling right now? And yeah. That can be a fun way for kids to have help with like identifying that face right there with like the steam coming mm-hmm. out of the nose. The that's me. <laughs> yeah, the yeah, yeah. That's me. <laughs> like great. Yeah. Great. Good so job. So true. So true. Because yeah. even just that having a name is kind of a container, yes. right? It, yeah. It kind of makes the feeling inside that can feel so overwhelming into something that you can actually respond to. Yeah. It has a name. You can yes. you can make sense of it. You can yeah. respond to it. Super helpful. Mm-hmm. Okay. 
Um, and then lastly, the last part is setting limits and exploring possible solutions to the problem. Okay. So um, a little phrase that I say, like I said, is mm-hmm. that connection before correction. Yes. So um, you only go to helping the child problem solve after you've connected with them, help them understand their emotion, what right. that's about and why, help right. them to name it, and then <clears throat> what can we do about it? Yeah. Yeah. That, that piece is so important to, um, to really emphasize the connection before correction because you know most of us grew up with parents who maybe lectured us Mm -hmm. about like you know our bad behavior and we we could have been those parents ourselves oh maybe we (laughs) could have been maybe we could have been i mean maybe not us you and i lisa and i didn't make those mistakes every day anyway um but yeah that idea that like um when your kids eyes glaze over it means they're not listening to you anymore and they're they're not not listening because they're not connected right Right. and so i think what you're saying is so important just keeping that phrase in mind connection before correction Mm -hmm. that like i gotta make sure my kid feels like i'm in this with them that i see what's going on i care about what's going on i'm trying to be helpful to you rather Mm -hmm. than i'm trying to get you to manage your behavior so that you're less frustrated right right like i'm trying to control you basically Yes. Right. Yeah, so super important. I'm trying to support you versus I'm trying to control you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then what do you have some suggestions about um, the solutions, right? Like if they're, um, how involved do you get as a parent with like, like they're having a problem with a kid at school. Mm-hmm. Like how involved do you get with that or with a, they're dealing with somebody who's not in the family, right? Yeah. It's like how. Well, I think depending on how old your child is like that will determine um the level of like direct involvement okay like how much you're offering solutions versus helping supporting your kid and finding their own solutions Mm -hmm. right like when Mm -hmm. they're very young they're probably you know a two-year-old is probably not thinking up a bunch of their own (laughs) solutions whereas you know, a high schooler right. really needs you to move into more of that coaching mode. Yeah. So um, I think what's really helpful at the beginning is to identify what's the positive goal that mm-hmm. you want to achieve, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And, you know, if if you're having a little spat with your brother, for example, like, I want him to respect my room. I don't want yeah. him to come in without knocking. Right. You know, I want to be respected. Right. So instead of like, he needs to stop, you know, yes. yeah. he needs to not do this. Mm-hmm. Like, what do you want? Yeah. I want to feel respected. Okay. You know? And helping them communicate that right. to the other person. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Awesome. And then also, um, you know, giving them some space to brainstorm some possible solutions. Like, mm-hmm. how could you have handled that differently? Mm-hmm. Or, you know, what what might have been a better way to handle this yeah and then to evaluate those solutions um in Gottman's work he asks you know is the solution fair will it work is it safe and then the last one I particularly like 
how are you likely to feel and how is the other person likely to feel mm. if you did do, you know, solution X, yeah. for oh, example, yeah. you know, how do you think you might feel afterwards? Yeah. So you're really brainstorming the mm-hmm. solutions and sort of workshopping them and yeah. making sure we think through like, how's this going to go right. if I try this? Yeah. What's the, you know, what's the possible outcome? You yeah. Think? Yeah. And I think that when you're Super coaching helpful. your kids through the, I mean, even fairly young kids, you know, with some support mm-hmm. can usually think through yeah. You know, how they might feel or their friend or their yeah. sibling, you know. Yeah, and they can do that when they've had enough time to yes. come out of fight and flight, right? Totally. When that has calmed mm-hmm. down, frontal lobe is back online. Yes. We have much more access. Same thing, mm-hmm. same thing for adults, right? When we're, when we're activated, our thinking is really gone offline yeah. and we really need time. But then we often can come up with like, mm-hmm. well, I could try this or I could try that. Right. And it's, it'd be super helpful to have another person to talk through, what do you think will happen if I try this? Or I might try that or have somebody offering Yeah. here. What about this idea? What if you sure. tried this? This is something that worked for me when I was eight or, mm-hmm. you know, that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. And I think once you get to that space and you've had that time, you know, that's also when people, you know, are able to more genuinely apologize if need be, Yes. you know, yeah. once they feel really heard and they've been right. able to understand why they feel what they yeah. do and why they reacted the way they did. Yeah. Um, they can be a little more compassionate usually. Right. And right. Um, apologize. Yeah. And it's so sweet to watch that between mm-hmm. kids when they really, when they're really feeling oh, that. Yeah. That's really beautiful, and it's beautiful for them too. Mm-hmm. I think they both feel this sense of relief of like something went sideways, yeah. And then we figured out how to handle it, and and they're able to move on very quickly. Then right. it's like okay, right. Well, let's go play. Yeah, right? <laughs> yeah, very. Quickly. They're super like, good shot, at that. Wait, yeah. yeah, you should be. I would be mad yeah. about this for at least a day <laughs> yeah, or two. Exactly. And you're like, no, no, no. We're over it. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, I think. Um, um, it's been really cool to see as my kids are, you know, growing older and are, are growing more able to resolve some of these things. Like if they are able to resolve it together, yeah. how proud they feel, yes, you know, of themselves, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. which I think is just really reinforcing yeah. for them. So great. Awesome. Well, that was a lot of genius stuff, Lisa. Man, you're so smart. If we can only implement it. Well, yeah, that's the hard part. Yes. Yeah. So uh, thanks for joining us today. Um, We hope that some of this would be useful to you guys. And feel free to send us any questions you have about any of this. And uh, we'll keep those things in mind for future podcasts. Have a good day. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to the Soul Care House podcast. We'd love to hear from you any questions or comments you have. If there are topics you'd like us to address, let us know. Feel free to contact me at elaine at soulcarehouse.com. If you're interested in knowing more about what we do here at Soul Care, our website is soulcarehouse.com. And you can also find us on Facebook and Instagram. Our handle there is soulcarehouse and barn. Talk to you soon.